Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football season is over. Winter sports are here. And how much did you pay for that tree? Yes, it's another December edition of OSA Today, the podcast. Yeah, come on in. You can put it right over there as long as you sweep up the needles when you're done. Welcome to OSA Today, the podcast. I am Bob Akami, and thanks for finding us on the iHeartRadio app and ripcityradio.com slash OSAA today. The fall season has truly come to an end with the 6A football finale this past weekend at Hillsborough Stadium. And what a great finish for both Central Catholic and Lake Oswego. The Rams win the state 6A champ 49 to 28 for coach Steve Pine. It is for coach Steve Pine. It is his third state championship as coach of the Rams and Lake Oswego's crazy run after changing their offense late in the season, make it to the final but fall just short lots of heroes in that game most notably for central catholic the quarterback Cade knighton who set a couple of records for the championship game 31 of 36 passing best passing percentage ever at any level in the state championship game 396 yards and three touchdowns well you set a record today for best completion percentage ever in the championship (laughs) game and it was you know taylor la one of the sheldon greats but to go out and complete 86 percent of your passes in the state championship gets a really good defense and you look very comfortable from that first series thank you oh you know uh you know we we knew we had our hands full you know yellow's a really good team they're disciplined they play really sound football but we knew that, you know, giving, them, giving us a lot of man looks, you know, that we can, you know, take advantage of, uh, you know, whether they're playing off or with, with our guys on the perimeter. And, you know, I was able to you know, sit back there comfortably. Line did a great job holding it down. And I was able to, you know, kind of go through everything and, and make the right reads and throw the ball. And you really, you force teams to do that because you got two slot guys that are dangerous. you got two tight ends you can put out there. So right. you, you, it's very hard for anybody to do anything but man up. Exactly. You know, and we have a plethora of weapons here at Central. And, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter who, you know, who has the ball, you know, we're, we're, you know, our biggest thing is moving the chains. And, uh, you know, we did a really good job of that. You know, we were efficient, had a couple penalties every now and then, but, you know, we were able to focus, you know, dial in and, you know, finish every single drive. And, you know, you had a year, you scored a lot of points, you're very effective, but you fought through some games. You know, you play Newburgh here in the fog, and you get that lead, and all of a sudden they're coming back. And so this was not easy every day, no, was no. it? Uh, you know, I mean, we were kind of unfortunate that the sun wasn't out, you know, like last week against Barlow. Uh, you know, the rain condition doesn't make it any, any better, but, you know, we were able to deal with it, you know, with mental adversity and, you know, overcome now, after they came back to tie it today, did you start having some doubts or thinking, oh, we're going to change no. something? Or because then you no. open it right back up? Not really, yeah. because you know, I mean, I play, I've been playing with these guys a long time, you know. And again, like I said, we we know how to finish. And given that LO, you know, they, they weren't stretching us, you know, vertically with the pass game. You know, I knew that if we were able to you know score quickly and you know get a get a stop, that you know, I think I think we'd have the game. 
Elijah Elliott, the uh, senior running back, just one of the weapons Knighton has at his disposal. He ran for 91 yards and three touchdowns in the state championship game. You've been posing for more pictures than anybody on the field. You got people here today, or you're just that popular? No, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably popular. <laughs> you know, in the second half, I felt like you, you ran harder than ever in the second half. And, you know, it was time to get the yards, keep the clock rolling. Uh, after all the carries you've had this year, were you ready to even stiffen up more? Yeah, uh, I'm just glad what we got, what I had, and um, just glad that we won. That's the most important thing. I don't really care about stats and all that. I just, we got the goal. Our goal was to win, and that's, and we got the goal. I think the beauty of this team is you have so many tools. Yeah. I mean, all the yeah. receivers he can throw at, and, yeah. and then, oh, by the way, you and Jackson yeah. carrying the ball. And mm -hmm. so you just feel like there's always somebody who can do something. It's always somebody open with this offense. Uh, I feel like we're unstoppable when we're all clicking together and. I don't really think anybody can stop us on the West Coast. And when you do it at the end of the season, I mean, this postseason run was pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And it, it just feel like every week you could do your thing. Yeah, I mean, we just we know that we're best when we work together, you know. So when we work together and just do our thing, you know, and play relaxed, like I said, we're unstoppable. And the really underrated part of this Central Catholic team, I thought, was the defense. The core of linebackers did all the heavy lifting with tackles this year. And Joe Nizek, the senior in the middle, had a great championship game, 14 tackles leading the way for the defense. We got into this game, and of course everybody expects offense out of Central Catholic, but uh, in, in the end, you guys really put the clamps yeah. on Falcons, and uh, the defense definitely played a role in this. Yeah, uh, our goal coming in was just to stop, that's basically what was, stop Casey Falcons. You know, he was the best player, so we, we were not going to allow one guy to beat us. It was just build a wall up front, make him keep bouncing north and south, or make him keep bouncing east and west, because you know, if he starts going north and south, we'll be in trouble. But we just got to make him bounce, break down, make a tackle. That was, that was the game plan. And this linebacker group, I mean, you guys, you, you don't just stand around in the middle. You guys work the edges. You're a really active group. That is a big heart of this defense. Yeah, that, that's a big thing for us. We just try and block everything up front, make a bounce. You have to be active because we're not we're not the biggest linebackers in the state. We, just, we have to be able to run and move and make plays in space. And that's really what it comes down to. That's our defense. Our defense is just run to the football. If you can run to the football, you can't make 11 guys miss. So now the inevitable comparisons will come up to those 13, 14 teams, which were awesome. Uh, you you getting any feedback from anybody? What you would do if you played against Ryan Null? If we played against Ryan Null? <laughs> That's, I don't even know what I I'm happy I don't have to play against Ryan Dahl playing his 13-14. That's it's just that that's that's a middle linebacker playing running back and that's that, that's a man. So I I don't even think what to start about playing Ryan Dahl. And now my big question: doing a lot of track in the spring, mm -hmm. how far are you going to throw the javelin this well, I'm gonna year? I want to go two or thirty feet. So two thirty. Yep. Holy cow! So just take another fifteen foot, thirteen foot jump, and I'll be right there. Central Catholic, the winner, forty nine twenty eight. And now a few thoughts from my TV partner, Jordan Johnson. Rapid reaction to the 6A championship game. I think the first thing you and I both said was, well, the best team won. Central Catholic executed so well and in so many different aspects of their game. Yeah, 35 seniors, all this experience, Division I talent. Uh, you, can't take, you can't say enough good things about Lake Oswego and how they got here, especially with that win against Jesuit last week. But a lot of credit to the Central Catholic team. Uh, they faced obstacles and um, they overcame them. So I, I love... Cade Knight and what he did today, you don't see people completing 86% of their passes ever. So uh, I can't say enough good things. Uh, they deserve it. Congratulations to Central Catholic. 
Cade Knighton, the great orchestrator of this team, sets, of course, the new record for completion efficiency in a state championship game. And from the very first possession, you know, nothing fancy. He doesn't just have to throw it deep downfield to Silas Starr. He finds Silas Starr, but he used everybody. He used all the tools in the box like we said he should. Yeah, just so impressive. Silas with double-digit catches. Calvin did his thing on the other side. These other kids stepped up. But what's so difficult about doing that and not dropping the football, not making mistakes, is everybody knows you're getting the ball, and you still have a game like that, especially if you're a Silas star. So Stanford's got to be super excited. What's great is we get to watch these guys on Saturday for the next four or five years, and I think the state of Oregon should be proud. And like Oswego certainly executed the game plan. They did not go throwing the ball crazy all over the field. They let Casey Philkins be Casey Philkins. He puts up his insane numbers. And if they could have just kept it within one score continuously in the fourth quarter, they would have had that chance. And that's the difference is you need to be able to throw the ball, take yourself the length of the field uh, in a situation like this when you're down a couple scores. And that's where they just kind of ran out of gas. You can't say enough. If we're having an uh, all-time great team in the state of Oregon, Casey Filkins is at the top of that list. Uh, today was just another example, 238 yards, I think, 30, 30 rushes. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit as well. A little later on, our editor-in-chief at OSA Today, Jerry Ulmer, will stop by. He'll share some of his favorite moments of the fall championship season. The cross-country postseason continued this past week for many Oregon runners. Summit High School's athletes competing under the club name of Central Oregon finished second in the nation at Nike Cross Nationals at Glendevere Golf Course. Remember, they were the national champs a year ago. This year, they're second. Fifi Max led the way with her 10th place finish as an individual. And, of course, E.J. Holland from Ashland, Oregon's top male middle distance runner, was sixth overall in the national championship. Coming up this weekend, it's Junior Olympic Cross Country Nationals in Madison, Wisconsin, and that will mark the end of cross country season nationwide. Well, cross country, football over, basketball is here. Let's get an early look at boys basketball and the large school classifications around the state with one of our resident experts, Wilsonville High School head coach Chris Roche. Let's start off and just talk about the the excitement of early season basketball. We'll spend a little more time with the tournaments here in a couple of weeks on the podcast, but uh, just that whole sense of cranking it up. Uh, a lot of successful schools are coming off of football. A- a- as a coach, what are you trying to see out of your team in these first weeks of, uh, of practice and getting ready for the first games? Well, definitely is an exciting time. You know, everybody starts. Zero and zero with big dreams and aspirations of achieving this or that. And, and I think as a coach, you're mostly looking at, you know, trying to evaluate your strengths and your weaknesses and figure out how you're going to attack the season. And that's a process that begins, obviously, before the first practice. It's, you know, the end of the previous season and into summer league. And you're always evaluating. But, but right now, it's really it's really a time to try to figure out, okay, where are we? Where are we weakest, and how do we do to shore those things up, and and where are our strengths, and how are we gonna, you know, fully take advantage of those, and and at the same time you're looking around the state trying to to see, you know, what's out there, and in your league, you know, who's tough, and so it's a real it's a real fun time, definitely a season of renewal. 
like it on the uh, OSA Today website. Of course, we have a pretty thorough coaches poll that everybody willingly takes part in. And uh, and it, so much so often in high school, though polls go back to well, they were good last year. How much how much do you look back? You have to look back on the past performance before you can make any guess about what a team's going to be like. Yeah, I think the early season polls are tricky. You know, even for even for coaches who are intimately involved and and you know see th- see a lot more than the average fan might. Um, it's tough in the preseason uh, to know exactly who the best teams are going to be. But I think there are some sort of usual suspects in in a lot of the classifications this year that have a lot of players back who are, you know, experienced, achievement guys who have done done big things. So um, there are some powerhouse matchups, and and uh, I think this year is going to going to be a great great season of high school basketball. Well, today we're just going to talk about the top three boys classifications. And uh, it is certainly full of repeating teams that finished on the state tournament last year. And I, I, a tremendous amount of returning players. This was a, quite the junior class around the state of a large classifications. Now let's start with 6A and uh, talk about Jefferson, who were a little shocked not to win it. Gene Potter did his usual uh, insanely good coaching job with Jesuit in the state championship game. And Jeff settled for second place. But they're coming back with... Uh, Two outstanding players, Nate Rollins Kabunge and uh, Cameron Robinson, and then this freshman, Mookie Cook, and uh, this is quite the uh, the big three for Jeff. Oh, Jeff is loaded. I mean, they are they're really good. And and mentioning what Jesuit did last year, that was really quite an impressive run made. And they had a, a very good team, uh, but Coach Potter definitely maximized what they had, and and kind of a Cinderella story to to come out of, not out of nowhere because it's Jesuit, but still to, to do what they did and win the state championship last year when they really weren't picked to do that uh, was was really impressive and kind of a fun thing to watch. But it's going to be hard for, for anybody, I think, this year to to, to upset us because they are loaded, as you say, and I think their size is, is just so formidable. You know, those Rollins, Kabinge, and Robinson are huge. And then the freshman, I think, is like six seven now, Mookie Cook. And those are really, really good, talented players. And, it's, and they're not alone. You know, They have great depth and, and great quickness and a little bit of everything, really. So I think Jeff is going to be a team to watch for sure, and they should be, uh, should be fun to, to see. You know, just who can contend with them will be interesting. And uh, Jeff opened with a 20-point win against Wilson the other night. They're uh, headed to Hawaii for the Iolani tournament, and then we'll get to see them back uh, in Oregon at the Les Schwab Invitational at the end of December. Uh, and the coaches' fault, Jeff, is number one. Central Catholic is number two. And, of course, we just saw Central Catholic's football team win a state championship with a giant senior group. And uh, it seems like Central's kind of riding high with seniors in all of their sports right now. And that stuff gets kind of contagious, too, when you got uh, athletes that have been together for four years and uh, and get that winning vibe. Oh, there's no question about it. In schools, that you know, sometimes you'll hear coaches lament about, basketball coaches lament about, you know, how tough it is to get a later start with your guys if they're participating in football deep into the playoffs. And what we've always found, because we've had a number of ball teams that have gone, you know, very deep, is that it's it's a good thing. You know, you've got great athletes. They're they're winning. They're competing. Uh, you know, they're going through the fire. And and when they show up for basketball, even if it's a little later than everybody else, 
you're usually getting strong, competitive guys who are successful, and, and that helps any team. So Central Catholic is going to be good for sure. Uh, they're another team with great size, you know, 6'8", six, 6'7", six, along the front. Uh, Darius Kakwasi is a great player, a Division One type of player. Uh, so they're, they're a team to watch, and, and they definitely could be one of the teams that pushes Jeff. And like Oswego came into the uh, state tournament last year as the number one seed, ended up in the third position. Uh, what do you see in the Lakers for this year? Well, Coach Cho does a great job over there. And I think, you know, he's done – he took over for Coach Schaff a few years ago now. And it's always tough when you take over for somebody who's, you know, a legend. And, and that's what he was tasked with. And he's built a program that's really, really good and really solid. And, and they're not quite as big as Jeff Central Catholic, but they have good length too. I mean, they're 6'4", six, 6'5" almost across the board, kind of interchangeable parts, really good players, run a good system, push the ball, and uh, they put a lot of pressure on you. So I, I would expect Lake Oswego to be another really good team that could battle those guys. The rest of the uh, top five in the preseason coaches, Bolt Barlow is number four, Westland and Clackamas tied for fifth. Let's move on to 5A, and, of course, we talked to Chris Roach. We're talking about... Wet Wilsonville basketball, returning state champion. You're ranked picked number two behind Churchill, the team you beat in the final. Of course, lots of knowledge between those two programs. And it is crazy how many returning starters are on both of these teams. I mean, <laughs> nobody got drafted hard. Right. No, Churchill, I think, and I don't know exactly how it fell out, but uh, at one point it looked like they would have, 11 out of their 12 guys back um, from last year to this year. And, and the person who was not returning uh, didn't play a significant role on the team. So, I mean, they literally have, or we're going to have just about everybody back. And they were really, really good last year. I mean, they went into the tournament ranked number one, uh, hardly had lost. You know, they played in the left Schwab last year, so I think they, they got beat there a couple of times. But other than that, they pretty much waltzed their way to the finals and then, uh, we were lucky enough to play a great game and, and just kind of nip them and, and win it. But but they've got a great point guard who's only a sophomore, Samaje Morgan, lightning quicked, who's as a sophomore already going to be one of the best players in the state. And then they have a couple of a couple of kids who were recruited and have Division One offers and Kalen O'Neill and Brian Garaki. Uh, Garaki ended up committing to Point Loma, so he'll be playing Division Two basketball. But both of those guys have Division One offers, so they're – they're a very, very good team, and it's interesting because Max Preps did a deal where they took the number one team regardless of classification for every state, and for Oregon, they had they projected Churchill this year, uh, even though they're a 5A team. So I don't I don't know if they're going to be that good. Now, I only said out of respect for Jeff and Central Catholic and Weapon and all of those programs, but Churchill is good, and I think they're the consensus heavy favorite to win it at the 5A level this year. Coach Bookin does an amazing job. Well, he does. He's had quite the run there and uh, continues to get it done. And, of course, you have plenty of experience from uh, growing up around that system, so you know about that culture. Uh, tell us about your team, though, Wilsonville. You've got plenty back, and uh, particularly in your front line. Yes, we do. We have uh, three starters back and. Dakota Reber, Keegan Shivers, and Gabe Reichel, and all of those guys are guys who, you know, have played a lot of basketball, a lot of varsity basketball. I think they're won the league three years, all three of their years, and gone to the state championship game all three of their years. So it's kind of a unique 
fun situation for those guys. Um, they're they're talented kids, and but we lost, you know, like everybody except for maybe Churchill, uh, we lost some really key guys, and and what we lost were were seniors who knew their roles and were tough kids and kind of glue guys would do the unglamorous, you know, tough things that help a team be successful. And so for us, it's going to be important that uh, we're able to to find that. And uh, we've got work to do that way. And but we have some time. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. There's no question about it. And we're excited about, you know, our team and, and what we might be able to do. And we know it's going to be challenging with all the other good teams out there, but uh, we're excited to get things going. And you're playing in uh, two tournaments uh, before uh, the end of the year, and in good ones, the Capital uh, City Tournament in Salem, and of course you're going to be in the Les Schwab along with Churchill, so uh, you're you're going to get that test early for your group. Yeah, it's going to be really quite a challenge, and and for us, you know, we, I think we ended up taking in two last year. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to judge our success by solely record. You know, I mean, we're going to have to look at effort and improvement and. Because those two tournaments, Capital City Classic before Christmas and the Les Schwab after Christmas, those are doozies. And uh, the teams you face, uh, there's no rest for the weary. You have to be ready to go. And uh, you might get punched in the face one night. And if you're licking your wounds when the second game starts, uh, it's only going to get worse. So some of it's sort of a character-building thing. And, but I do think it, it'll stress us out. It'll show us where we're weakest for sure. And it'll help us get better as long as it doesn't break us. And we're going to have to in there through it all but if we can do that uh in the long run it'll make us better i think two years ago we had a, a tough grieving schedule not as tough as this year but a tough one and we ended up like four and six in the preseason i think but we improved and we hung in there and we stayed together and by the end of the year we'd run 17 in a row and made back to the state championship game so so I think for us, we know this preseason is going to be challenging. And it's not just those two tournaments. We also play out West Lynn to open the year, which is, you know, with Coach Bukla back. They're, they're on the rise and, and, you know, looking to be the mighty lines again and uh, probably will be very soon, if not already. <laughs> and then uh, we also have two games in California against really good teams. So, I mean, we don't have – there's no breaks in there. But but that's okay. You know, we want a challenge. We want to, we want to push our kids and we want to be, you know, we want to avoid these things. You know, part of it should be for the fun, not just for the ranking of record or any of that stuff. And our kids are excited about being able to participate in all of these things. And so I'm moving to the 4A ranks now, and uh, the coaches, at least, have picked Banks and C-Sync to uh, be one and two again. Banks, of course, with that incredible trio of athletes who all graduated 
uh, Hayden Vandehey, Blake Markham, Blake Goble, who were part of three championship teams, and yet their football team came right back and got into the state final with that second tier, and uh, they do have some returnees. The one thing Banks has run into early, though, they lost their first two games last week because they played the defending 2A and 3A champs, Western Christian and De La Salle North Catholic, to open the season. So uh, they've tested their right off the bat with some champions, but uh, still expectations that that culture is going to carry them a long way. And then Seaside brings back uh, quite a bit from that second-place team, so that Coapa rivalry looks to be great again. I think I think it will be, and and the losses to the defending state champs those are those are really good programs, you know those Western Christian and uh, De La Salle those are really good teams. So there, I don't think there's any in that at all, and it'll probably prove you know another thing where it helps them get better. And and I think Banks having one in football is another great sign. You know they're going to be just fine. They've got athletes and. I think there's another goal in the fold. And, yes, there is. Uh, so, so they're uh, they're and big. You know, they're they're not as big as they've been. You know, they had sort of the twin towers and very athletic guys too. Um, but they graduate. But they're still going to be big and strong and athletic. But Newport Coach Westerholm's done a great job over there too. So it'll be interesting to see you know, out of those two when they face up and they face up often. Uh, I'm sorry, not Newport Seaside. Um, when they when Seaside and Banks play it, that'll be that'll be something because those uh, there's a big rivalry in high school basketball and and uh, I think Seaside's going to be really good this year, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top in that league and down the road at the tournament. And finally, just in in general, because uh, I know you're up you're a big fan and you do follow uh, far more than just your your team, your league, and your class. Uh, just what's exciting you about uh, basketball in the state this year? Oh, I just—it's just, it's just uh, everything. I think the OSAA does an amazing job, and you know, sometimes it's—it's it's, uh, when you uh, complaint about this, that, or the other thing, it's easy to kind of blame the OSAA. But I've been fortunate enough to be involved in in some of the committees and the processes behind the scenes, and 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 really, all they're trying to do is is help kids and put kids in positions to experience great things together and learn life lessons and and take memories with them that'll last. And and so it's been, for me, like the last few years, is getting to be a little bit older coach now. It's been fun to be involved in that process sort of behind the scenes and see how much people care and how hard they're working, really solely for the benefit of kids. So um, I'm excited to be part of that side of things now. Um, and then just overall, uh, it's just another great season of, of hoops ahead. And, and uh, there's great talent in the state this year, and it should be, should be fun for fans to watch, and of course everything culminates at the state tournaments. But long before that, there are all lots of great rivalries, some of which you've highlighted today, um, and it should be fun to just see how things develop. Like in our league, we've got we've got things. Uh, Milwaukee's two and zero and won their, both their first two games by thirty. I don't know when the last time that happened was, but I'm sure they're going to be very good this year. So it's always fun to see, you know, who's the surprise team and who's kind of got young kids that are good and. And that changes from year to year, so it'll be fun to see how that all plays out this year. Wilsonville will play their very first game of the season this Friday night at West Lynn. Well, we promised you some final thoughts in the fall season from the boss, Jerry Omer, the editor-in-chief of OSA Today. Stop by to share some of his favorite moments from fall 2019. 
Jerry Omer wrote quite a bit about football throughout the fall for OSA today and uh, at various levels as well. But I'm, I'm going to start you with a big, broad question. What was your favorite football storyline of the fall? That's a tough one. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, I, I I was really intrigued with how Lake Oswego changed their offense uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, actually, in their in their last regular season game against Lake Ridge, they just scrapped what they were doing. Uh, they had lost. They got blown out by Tiger and Twalton, and they and they realized that it wasn't going to work. So um, they decided to have Casey Filkins basically become a old fashioned single wing tailback, and. Uh, from there, they really they made a nice playoff run, and and they were right there with Central Catholic, and uh, you know Central Catholic pulled away in, at the end there in the 6A final. That that has to go down as one of one of Steve Corey's greatest coaching jobs, just the way he reinvented that offense there at the end. Uh, him and Carl Hallberg, of course. Um, that, that, I thought that was fascinating. What, what do you think, Bob? Well, and you know we've both seen a lot of Steve's teams, and you know his some of his championship teams haven't had the huge amount of talent, but there's always been one person that they built it around, but in this case with Philkins, I mean, to, to completely change, you know, how football works, you don't just change the offense in general, but to completely rework it and then put it in the hands of one guy that everybody in the stadium knows is going to right. touch the football every play. Right. And in the semi, he did touch the football on every play. And in the final, just there were a couple of odd ones, especially as the game went along and uh, they were not in contention. But that, that's inhuman that anybody can achieve that. And uh, it really yeah. speaks a lot about Philkins. And I think especially his durability, you know, that he, he took all those hits. He's obviously smart enough to know how to get tackled and how to avoid contact. And uh, it says uh, quite a bit about him, I think. Well, yeah, and the fact is, he you know he he played quarterback in youth ball, so he he knew how to throw it, and uh, he wasn't classically trained, you know. I mean, it was obvious he you know he, he didn't have that you know perfect quarterback form, and he'll be the first to admit that. But um, you know, he he showed that he could get the job done throwing throwing the ball in the semifinals when he he threw for what was it 225 yards or something like that. So um, yeah, I mean, wow, I mean Stanford, <laughs> we were all joking with him about the. Uh, you know, maybe Stanford will have him throw the ball a little bit down there. Well, you know, who knows? You know, that's <laughs> a weapon that maybe they can tap into. Well, and remember, John Lynch was a quarterback before he ended up being a safety at Stanford, and you know, went on to his pro career, and of course now successful GM with the 49ers. So Stanford is certainly a school with that tradition. Owen Marie from Chancellor went down there and played both ways. Right. Uh, at Stanford, so that's the place to do it. And uh, yeah, we poked uh, fun at David Shaw a couple times on the broadcast the last two weeks, saying, "Hey, note what this guy can do. He could play anywhere." And, right. And yeah. uh, they're pretty good at figuring that out at Stanford. So I think that just again bodes well for what Casey's going to be able to do and really enjoy his college career. Right. Yeah. I don't want to overlook what Central Catholic did in the final, though. I mean, that that was uh, you know you could tell from the start of the season that that senior group was was really locked in you know I, I was there when they when they played their opener against Westland and, and they looked they looked like they were very serious and and uh you know ready to to make their last season count and, and that's exactly what they did uh it, it, they they hit a little bit of a rough patch when they when they get they lost to Jesuit Jesuit just ran all over them but um they they seemed to tighten things up after that um and of course Caden Newton was the quarterback was just super efficient all year so, uh, you know, what they did in the final, just basically systematically passing the ball through the through Lake Oswego uh, was very impressive. So, um, 
anyway, third title for Steve Pine. Uh, you know, he's he's had a great run at Central Catholic, and uh, uh, we'll see how how things go forward for them. Yeah, I think uh, there's a good discussion too. Was this the best of all those Central Catholic teams he's had? Or really going back to Joey Harrington uh, and going back to uh, Joe Bushman and Terry Summerfield before that, coaching at Central. I think this is the best team, although several Central Catholic coaches reminded me during the week that the 13-14 team did have a couple of future NFL players. In <laughs> right. Ryan, Ryan Nall yeah. and Cameron Scarlett, who were pretty impressive. But I think as a group, I just thought, you know, it, it, it was a wide-open offense, but a very good defense and a very disciplined line. And I thought Central really had the whole package. They did, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to go against those 13-14 teams, though, because uh, if you remember how good they were up front, those were some of the best offensive lines. I think there was a, a year there when maybe I think all those guys went on to play in college. So, um, yeah, I, I this was a really good central team. I don't know if I'm ready to put them on par with those 13-14 teams. Now, the other uh, interesting large old story of the fall was the rise of Mountainside in its uh, third varsity year. And, of course, John Mannion's had all kinds of success coaching previously in California and Silverton. But uh, the formula of uh, taking all freshmen and sophomores, playing that non-varsity schedule for a year, and then slowly building into this really paid off, and uh, they really look like team of the future. Yeah, well, you know, they they started out the season with a 28-3 to loss to Jesuit, and, and uh, you know, and then they, they had some narrow losses to Beaverton and Aloha, but um, obviously the the big the statement for them was beating Tiger, you know, and, and um, uh, no one saw that coming. But uh, Brian Mannion, the, the sophomore and the coach's son, uh, they, they put him in at quarterback and, and shuffled some things around, and um, they just seemed to take off from there. That They, have, they had an excellent defense, and, um, you know, they, were, they weren't too far away from making the semifinals. They, they, uh, they led Barlow in the fourth quarter. Uh, they've come a long way, and, and with John Mannion there, um, who knows? They could be the program that finally steps up and, and, and challenges Jesuit every year from here on out. Well, it certainly looks like that's going to be the story going forward in the Metro League with those two programs. In the uh, 5A championships, we get to follow, the, um, of course, the story of Thurston throughout the year. And uh, was not a surprise that Thurston was going to be a contender to win again. They have plenty coming back. Justin Stark has really built a tremendous thing down there. And uh, But when everybody expects you to do it, it's that much harder. And they had to go through kind of the uh, you know the uh, gauntlet of the really good 5A teams with the Silvertons and the Craters. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Everybody knows you're coming. And, and to achieve that is pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. Well, they went into the playoffs last year as an underdog. You know, they made they made the run last year, uh, kind of surprised some people. And you know, obviously that dramatic win they had over Wilson on the championship. But um, this year, from the start, everyone everyone knew they were the team. And um, you know, they knocked off Sheldon. To, that was a big statement there. To, uh, you know, as far as bragging rights in in Eugene, and um, and then they just kept rolling from there. Uh, Cade Chris, the quarterback fantastic season for him and Wes Comer the running back who uh really was uh the guy that made the difference in the championship win over Crater when he uh busted that long touchdown run that uh, gave him the gave him the lead in the second half um you know there's it's just that they had a, a great line everyone talked about how great their line was with with uh Grant Stark the, you know the Nevada bound lineman uh leading the way um so uh, you know that they lost 22 seniors though so um the challenge will will be for, for Justin Stark to see if he can keep this thing rolling. Uh, Forey, of course, and you wrote about this, uh, 
during the year, The Rise of LeGrand, uh, which plays in that teeny little three-team league in East right. Oregon, has to play a ton of non-league games along the way. And uh, they made their way into the final against Banks. Everybody knows Banks, defending champ, even though they reloaded, still had a lot of talent. And uh, LeGrand ends up with a pretty dominating championship win. And it was that kind of classic East Side, West Side thing. It was people don't see LeGrand all year, don't realize what a good program that is. Yeah, you know, they came over uh, to Klatske and I early in the season, and uh, we had Norm Maves run, go out there to, to check in on LeGrand, and, and he came back from that saying, wow, you know, LeGrand is really impressive. Um, you know, they just, every week, they were just sticking to two people. Um, and, you know, it's hard hard to tell sometimes because they are playing in that small league and they play those teams twice. So, um, But uh, once they got to the playoffs, um, you know, they, they only gave up 16 points to shut out their last three opponents. Uh, you know, to do that to Banks, which, um, you know, Banks has been so good for on offense for the last couple of years, and to do that in a championship match, that really says a lot. That really says a lot. Uh, Rich McElmoyle, uh, he'll, he'll tell you he's not the classic football coach, you know, but he, he took over that group because he wanted to make sure that, the, you know, that they had a, a steady steady guiding force, and, and he turned out to, to provide that for them, and, and they, got their, they got their title. And then finally, we talk about the uh, eight-man championship, Adrian, which is really difficult to find on a map, even with the Google, uh, put together a co-op team with Jordan Valley and uh, knocked off St. Paul, which has a tremendous roster for uh, a Class 1A team and also a lot of tradition. And uh, Adrian looks good early in the year and backed it up in postseason, winning the championship. Yeah, well, they, when they started the season with that big win over Dufer, well, that said a couple of things. You know, everyone realized her probably wasn't the, the you know, the, the doofer that we'd seen the, the previous four years that won those titles. But, uh, you know, Jack Henderson, he was telling everybody, you know, man, this, this Adrian team is just loaded with athletes. And, uh, you know, they were just putting up big numbers all year. They scored over 80 points three times. Um, they were con- consistently over 70. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, to get to the final and do that to St. Paul, which ironically for the second year in a row St. Paul loses 38 to 32 in the championship um but uh that what, the amazing thing about Adrian you know they had four kids from Jordan Valley on there that that made the trip three times a week to go to practice that's a 70 mile trip up north on US 95 it cuts into Idaho and cuts back into Oregon um but uh you know that the, those kids really did provide a boost for them so um yeah, it's 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 a uh, good for Jordan Valley to, that they're able to. I think they're even planning on hanging a banner out there. And uh, so next time anybody uh, on the east side of Portland is complaining about having to drive out to Sandy for a game on Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. Just think about what the Jordan Valley Keep that in mind group exactly. Is. And that's three times a week for practice plus games, and then of course there were road games, and of course every road game in uh, in that part of Oregon is a long exactly. trip as well, and a lot of fortitude shown by that Adrian Jordan Valley group. Well, football is done, and, of course, uh, great job of uh, putting together our writers for the uh, other sporting events this fall. Anything else that you enjoyed reading about uh, on OSA today or following yourself during the fall season? But, you know, we, we talk about Central Catholic's football team, but, um, you know, a great story also for Central Catholic, Rick Lorenz, his last season as the volleyball coach out there, and, and they got to the championship and uh, they came up short against Jesuit, but uh, Rick, you know, he's he's a coaching legend and in the Hall of Fame, and 
um, you know, just a great guy. And I, I go back with him quite a ways to when, when I was at the Gresham Outlook in the early 90s and covering those great Gresham teams that were playing those Central Catholic teams. So, um, you know, Rick's always treated me so well, and he's, I know he's that way with everybody. So um, uh, it was it was nice to see him get to the championship. I know he was disappointed they couldn't pull it out because it would have given him 12 titles and 12 runner-up finishes if they could have. But so he's he's going to settle for 11 titles and 13 runner-up finishes, but that's that's not too bad. Well, Rick Lorenz may be down on the sideline at Central Catholic, but rest assured he will still be part of the volleyball community in the Portland area. That'll do it for OSA Today, the podcast. Thanks for stopping by on iHeartRadio app and RipCityRadio.com. I'm Bob Akamian. Next week, we'll dig into girls' basketball, early season projections and thoughts from our experts. Thanks for coming along. This is OSA Today, the podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.